You're listening to the Play Like a Girl podcast, episode number five. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Play Like a Girl podcast. I'm your host, Nikki B. Here at Play Like a Girl, we aim to encourage more confidence in young women who play sports and give them the necessary tools and advice to have an amazing career in sports and beyond. If you are a young woman who plays sports and lives an active lifestyle, or you know one of these young women, I am so excited you are here. Each week, we will either bring you a guest in the sports world or have a roundtable discussion of the many taboo and important topics in the world of female sports. Are you with me? Let's change the game. You play ball like a girl! I'm Nikki B with Play Like a Girl, made just for female athletes. All right, Play Like a Girl listeners, today's episode is a fan-freaking-tastic because I am chatting with one of the biggest sports fans out there, Miss Jess Saracino. Jess is a sports blogger, influencer, and podcaster who chats all things game day, fashion, wine, and her French bulldog on The Sports Brat. She is one of my favorite followers because she keeps it real and provides amazing tips on all things game day and just being a woman who loves sports. So please give a warm welcome to our guest, Jess Saracino. Well, hi, Jess. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so excited to finally chat with you IRL, kind of. I mean, via video, but more than just Instagram DMs. How are you? I'm so good. It's so fun to be like connecting. We've been like chatting via the DMs and now we're doing it. I know. So it's so funny because I actually found you. I don't know if you know this, but I found you through a photographer that I worked with on a shoot. His name is Griff Lacey. And that's how I first heard about you. I don't know if that rings a bell. I think he's like your dad's friend or something. Um, I don't even know. Yeah, I think he's your dad's friend, or that's what he said. But anyway, oh my goodness! Yeah, this was like about a year ago, and that's when I started following you. And I was like, I'm obsessed with this girl. She is amazing. So please tell everyone else who is Jess Saracino and what is the sports brat. How much time do we have? So I <laughs> so, so Jess Saracino is just a gal trying to figure it out on the internet and and IG and all that jazz. But so. The sports bra came about because I was working for ESPN and I loved it and everything was amazing. But I mean, I was working like six days a week on like, on our website in things and I couldn't even find like specific game day scores that I went to go check the Stanford score. I'm like, uh, there's a problem here. And I thought there's gotta be a place that I can make like more my language um, for sports. So it started off as like what was going to be this big, bad, you know, sports website. And then it kind of evolved <laughs> into being a blog and I kind of go into detail, but a sports brat's just someone that doesn't really fit in the box, right? It's something that can sell someone that can celebrate game day and, and loves all things sports, but I'm not going to, you know, do the analyst job and I'll leave that to the professionals, <laughs> but it's just more about having a good time and, and, and just whatever game day means to you. That's kind of what it is. I love that. Yes. And I love your page because it definitely is. I think it's, it's good for, I mean, all game day lovers, but but especially women, because you're so great. You talk about just all things game day, but also fashion. Mm-hmm. You talk about your French bulldog. You talk about everything, and I absolutely love it. But all, I love all your tips and advice for game day. I actually bought a bag because of you. Um, that clear, I think it's cotton and confetti coat. Yeah. Oh, I love oh my gosh. And I got, I just wore it um, the uh, last weekend at a um, the northern the Northern Trust. Um, so I just wore it at a golf tournament and like got literally three bajillion comments on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. 
all because of Jess, all because of the sports brat. <laughs> and I wish it was me. And I am out there like looking for stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. When I'm shopping, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like people would love this. But they, like, so many of these people come up with these genius ideas and then just like slide into my DMs with them. And then I get the credit, but I'm like, no, like <laughs> they did it. They're just, I'm just sharing it because yep. it was freaking great. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love their stuff. Yeah, I know. But I, yeah, I love what you've created. And so it sounds to me, I didn't realize this, but it sounds like you initially started out, you wanted to, um, it wanted to be like a stats and like scores website. Yeah, I wanted, God, and this was, I'll go ahead and date myself a tad. <laughs> um, this was like 2008, seven or eight. Like I was right out of college. And so things are very different. Like social isn't where it's at today mm -hmm. and all that jazz. Blogging was not a thing. <laughs> um, so I, in my mind, thought that I could make it like a cool interactive website so you would like hover over a map and you would like zoom into like Denver and you'd know like where to pregame and where to shop and where to stay and where to eat and then you know what, what to do on actual game day and where the best tailgates were and then I realized you needed a lot of um, time, people, and money mm -hmm. to do that and I didn't have that so um, I decided to kind of keep it more like to my opinions and it it was just kind of like a weird coincidence of things that it happened to kind of pair up with when blogging was kind of taking off. Right. So it ended up working out to, so I could make it a little bit more personal. Mm -hmm. And I have like the sporty background of having played college sports and my dad, you know, my grandfather having played professional sports that I, it kind of made me like credentialed me a little bit and, you know, having right. one for ESPN. So it kind of worked a little bit, my favor, a little bit of luck. Yes. Okay. Well, let's dive into that too, because I learned yeah. so much about you from going onto your website and reading your about me section. And so you played in high school sports, college sports. You also started, you were a dancer at first when you were younger and then, oh. right. And then you were soccer, I believe it was, but I didn't yeah. even know who your dad was or your grandpa. Like you are very well rounded in the sports arena. So give us a background on yeah. like your sports experience. <laughs> totally. So I joke about it because my dad played for the 49ers, but it was brief. It was like a, a season or two. And it was so weird because he was like rookies with, you know, like names people might recognize like Joe Montana, Dwight Clark, like Gosh. those are like big names, but he wasn't famous or had that kind of a career. So I grew up like in a weird place of like, Okay, my dad played at that level, so we weren't ever really fans of anybody, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, we, I didn't get that, like, diehard fan gene that, like, my fiancé has, um, <laughs> but because we just kind of grew up a bit differently, but yet we weren't, like, famous or the talent, so it was a very odd, like, way to grow up. Um, so, yeah, but my, gra my, my grandpa played uh, professional hockey as well. Like, both were, like, shorter-term careers, but they both made it, you know? Um, and then I came along as the only child, yeah. as a girl, and I oh, wait, just wanted... Wait, me too. I'm an only child. Too. Really? I didn't know that and about I... you. Yes, and I just wanted to dance. Like, I just wanted to dance. And so I was in dance, and I was pretty dang good at it, and I feel like I blame my father because I can no longer find rhythm or a beat if I tried. <laughs> because at five years old, no, maybe I was like six, but he like comes to my dance class, and he's like, okay, this has been fun time to pick a team sport. Uh, so we drove around and we went to all the different tryouts. I was like, softball is boring. Really, it was only softball and I think um, soccer because like that was like the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I like was like, I guess like soccer was like, okay. And so like I just like then I was like stuck with it until mm -hmm. college. So yeah. Yeah. But you so got pretty good pretty quickly, right? 
I, I got, yeah, it was, <laughs> if only I got this, I, okay, if only I was as heavily recruited um, for college as I was when I was, like, 10. Oh. Um, yeah, our phone would, like, ring off the hook, because, like, Southern California, there was, like, club teams, and it was so funny, and I just, like, didn't really care or realize, and it was, like, you're so young, you're just, like, out there to have a good time, mm-hmm. so I went to our premier, like, Southern California club, I think it was our under- 12 year yeah, I think we were 12 and that's when like it just got serious like state cups year-round competing internationally like just all the jazz that you think about with travel soccer and then I wanted to play volleyball and they were like that's cute pick a sport <laughs> and and so I was like I guess I'm 5'4 and not gonna have a chance with volleyball so I stuck with soccer yeah I um I ended up walking on at Colorado as a recruited walk-on but it was I, I was going to Cornell. I was headed to Cornell. That was where I wanted to go. And I found out before a high school game that I had been waitlisted, which means like you oh, don't get in right away. Right. And I was crushed. So I went out. I scored a hat trick, and I was which is you know three goals. Mm-hmm. And I started applying to other schools. So I, I reached out and I was like, hey, can you guys come see me play? And so at that point, they'd committed all their scholarships. But I was like, look, I just want to play. And they were like a not very good program so I knew I could get a lot of playing time and sure enough our freshman year we couldn't lose ended up winning the big 12 championship and like skyrocketed to like a top 25 program and like now they're competitive every year so we we had like it's like one of those teams you see in like movies where it's like just like so much chemistry like Mm -hmm. not the best like talent but we just like did not stop and we were fit and we just couldn't lose so that's how that happened wow I love that so so you think, I mean, because you said you, you guys weren't like the most talented, more of an underdog. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, was it really just the team camaraderie that really just like took you guys to the next level, that synergy? I have to think it was definitely, because you know when you have team chemistry that you will like, you're out there like going to war together and you have everyone's back and like you will not stop. And it was like that mentality. But I think also we had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And so then you, if you think, I'm sure everyone's been in this position like, with my club team we were like so good so we were like we're used to winning so sometimes you underestimate you underestimate an opponent you kind of play down and you're not on top of your game you're a little lazy so I think um I'd have to credit like some of our wins to those teams just like not taking us seriously right so we were able to kind of get in there and then just hold our own to, to pull off a win or whatnot or maybe they'd get up by a couple goals and they'd get complacent and we just we wouldn't stop and then we'd win so I think it was a combination of both but we just we really had like a lot of fun that year. It was and yeah. like I said, nothing to lose. So when you're winning and you're, you're like, there's no pressure on you. You're like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. You kind of just keep going. Yeah, I love that. I mean, when you got nothing to lose and you, nothing. the thing is too, like you have to fight, you know, and you're not like one of those teams that wins all the time. So you can kind of mm-hmm. like, whatever, I'll kick, kick the ball back. around and we can make a couple of scores here and there. But for you guys, yeah. it was like, no, we have to fight as hard as we can if we want to win. <laughs> Totally. And I was like, and everyone played uh, different roles too. Like my coach was really smart. So he would know like, okay, like this team, like we need to wear them down. And so I wasn't a starter, but he'd put us in first and be like, I don't care if you even touch the ball, run them to death. So they'd be so tired. We'd be running into them physical as we could be. So they were so worn down. So we'd put in our starters and they would literally like do 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 right by them and score. And it was like, it was brilliant the way he would like think to change things up. And our starters weren't too proud to say, uh, we need to start. They were like, no, this is a good technique. Like, we'll go with this. So everyone right. was really like on the same page. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. It was I fun. mean, I don't know about you, but like college was probably the best four years of my life. I mean, of course, I feel like my life just gets better with every year, but like college yeah. was just such a fun time. And like, 
I just think being on a team, like if you play sports in high school, like at least continue it into college um, because you get to travel so many places. You get mm-hmm. to have a, like an actual team behind you and what you do, just like, you know, a group of girls to, um, I don't know, back you up with anything that you're going through. And it's just oh, yeah. so much fun. The experience that you get is is um yeah you can't compare it to anything else but i know for you you actually i think i read that you um quit soccer i think in your mm-hmm. like sophomore junior year and you're well yeah. i quit twice i try i kept trying to quit i had like a love hate <laughs> i know i had like a love hate with soccer and like i just i'm obviously like a goofy personality if anyone has like watched me on instagram so I didn't really like take my role on the team seriously. I was not a great technical soccer player. Like was never going to be, was never going to play at the next level. Like didn't have the drive, the dedication or the talent just was what it was. And so, um, I kind of like got like, just like, I got like, was like over it. My sophomore year, I quit and my coach like cried at practice. And I was like, Oh no. Like my teammates came home like super pissed and I was like, Oh God, I didn't think I was going to have, I didn't think anyone would care. Mm -hmm. So I was like blown away. Um, so I like took that like little time off and I was like, Oh, I miss it. Like I want to be back. So I went Mm -hmm. back and went through preseason, the worst part of it. And I just was like looking at my schedule and I wasn't, I wanted to study broadcast journalism and the classes you had to be in the studio. I wanted to study abroad. We couldn't study abroad. It was just like, um, I had to make a decision essentially about like the future, which is so hard to do when you're in college and you're like really in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just decided to say, all right, I'm done. I'm done. And at that point they were like, yeah, good call. Cause I was really done. (laughs) Um, so I did, I walked away from it. So I kind of had two different college experiences, um, where I got to travel and study abroad in Spain and study journalism, like really in depth and, I also had the um, team like sports side, which is really cool. I mean, I've my teammates got to be graduated in 2007, so it's been like 11 years. And I was just like chatting with one on Instagram. Like I haven't spoken to her in so long, but that it never that bond like never dies when right. you've been like on a team together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so cool that you got to have both experiences. And and mm-hmm. like you said, it's really hard at that age to make those decisions because yeah. you're like what 18, 19, 20 years old, and what you're expecting yeah, you to no know idea. what you want to do for the rest of your life, but. No. I think it's cool that you realized your heart wasn't in it 100%. And Mm -hmm. of course, your teammates and your coaches sat at first, but I think they'd rather. Right. They're supportive and they'd rather you not do it if your heart's not fully in it, right? Because with when you get to that level, especially like D one, it's like you, ha- it's it's every day. It's majority of what you're doing. I mean, you're oh, up yeah. early, you're training, you're doing oh recovery, <laughs> you're doing tests on the road. Like it's it's a lot. Of, it's a huge Never commitment. <laughs> if yeah, if you're not, and if you like lose that like love, it, it and it's not fun anymore. Then it's just it's really hard to justify it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but I think you made the right decision because like I think you so. said before, yes, so you worked for ESPN. So tell us how you went from graduating and then kind of yeah. getting into your role with ESPN. It was, it's such a silly story. And like looking back, I, okay, so I'm from Southern, I'm from San Diego. So uh, I, I wanted to work in television. I knew I wanted to do that. And I thought ESPN would be the best because it's like, I still got to do sports, but do television and God, I think at the time they didn't even have, no, they didn't, they have no LA offices. Like everything was literally in Bristol or in, um, Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. So I graduated in like Jill, what May. Um, and I had been, like been trying to drive up to LA and like network and see where I could be a production assistant or do something like find my way in there. Because again, we didn't have the ability to connect and like send a DM or e- like right. even email like was not reliable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, 
There's you kind of no had to LinkedIn. get out there. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. You like had to get up there and like rely on like maybe my dad had a friend or somebody. Right. So I took this job as like a production assistant for this guy that was doing like a repo show, like a, some reality TV, like a repo show. Oh I literally was like, this is the most insane thing ever. And I, I think it's like on TV still. Like I think it ended up being successful, but I was like three days in. I'm like, I can't do this. And I was like, still applying to other things. So I went on Craigslist and I saw an ESPN opening and I was like, I'll apply. Like I apply to whatever. Like I'm always like, I'll apply, I'll apply. I applied. They called me in. It was like in this weird like warehouse in like just east of Huntington Beach. I'm forgetting what that is even called. Westminster maybe is what it's mm-hmm. called. I'm right. that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I was like, where am I going? Like what is happening? And sure enough, I, they won't tell you what show it is, anything. I go in, I interview, and they're like, oh, have you heard of this show, like, Jim Rome? Jim Rome is burning. And I was like, yes. So I didn't realize that they filmed it there, produced it there, and then just sent, so you, like, sent it over the wire for the show for ESPN. So it was Jim Rome's show. They hired me on as a production assistant. Oh and that's how I got started. And after a year there, and it was just his, his TV, not his radio show. Um, after I was there for, like, a year, I went to my boss, and I was like, I really want to work for, like, ESPN, ESPN. So, and he was like, well, I know someone still at our Charlotte office, which is where ESPNU and a lot of the NASCAR mm-hmm. and I think actually golf was out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got me a job there or an interview and I interviewed and I went to be a production assistant there. So then I transferred and moved to Charlotte and I was there for like another year and a half before I went to business school. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of like I can't, literally wait. applied on Craigslist. I, I was just going to say, I am yeah. still shook on the fact that you applied for an ESPN job on Craigslist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I don't and, think that it would even, that's not even a thing, you know, anymore, which is no. so funny. Like I, I don't even know what's on Craigslist anymore. <laughs> I don't either. Although I did sell a coffee table on it yesterday and I like half thought I might get murdered. And the guy showed up with like his like four cute little blonde kids and they're like suburban. Aww. And I was like, I feel like the, this has changed or something, but, um, right. But yeah, that's why people always ask me. Like, I think people assume that I, like my dad would have some sports connections. He has like no sports connections mm-hmm. at all. Cause he literally played like two years and that was, and that's just didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So I had to like make, I'm like, no, I literally got it on Craigslist. Like you have to apply to everything. I have so many rejection letters, so many like right. unresponded to like my applications for jobs to places, like so many of those, mm-hmm. but you just, I mean, it's like that stupid phrase. Like if you don't buy a ticket, you can't win the lottery. Exactly. It's so true. Gotta go. Like, for every 100 no's, you'll get one yes. Mm-hmm. So it's just, so keep, yeah, you have to keep trucking along. And like you said, keep mm-hmm. applying to everything. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, I think for girls, like it's it's still all about networking. And I think mm-hmm. like LinkedIn or any other job search company. And like you said, using social media to find connections and find jobs. Like if you see someone that works for, say, ESPN and that's what you want to work for, DM them. What have you got 100%. to lose? Nothing. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I always say that too. Like people, like you have to start building like real relationships. Like contact the person in the job you want mm-hmm. and ask them about their job. Right. Like get. Is that really what you want? Like oh, maybe you learn that that's actually to be an Excel spreadsheets all day, and it's not what yeah. you want. But start <laughs> while you're a student. Oh my goodness, you are so not a threat. They're like happy to help you. Oh, like 100%. oh, I'll talk to you. I'll do this. Like I would take such advantage of that if I was younger now. Mm-hmm. And then. Also, the whole element of um, standing out. Mm-hmm. I was looking at resumes recently, and like they were coming through like the same ones that I had sent out, like black and white, and whatever. That you can go on to like Creative Market and all these websites and find like the easiest little like PDF templates and drop your stuff in, and it looks it'll stand out. You have mm-hmm. to stand out now. 
Right. You can, people don't think about it or they think, oh, I've got to follow these rules. It's like, there's no rules anymore. Like when you're networking and you're building a relationship, like you got to present you as you really are. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love that. And I think, I mean, you do that so well. That's why I love following you because you just keep it real. And like (laughs) you, I feel like are not a rule follower. Like, you know, I just love that about you. So I think that's so great and such great advice for young girls. Like whatever you want, go after it and do it. And like one, you have to stand out to get the job that Mm -hmm. you want. And two, People are more willing to help than you think. You have to network and you have to ask for advice. You have to ask them every, you know, what is your job? What do you do? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Because that's the only way you're going to figure out what you want to do. And it's the only way you're going to get to where you want to be. Oh, 100%. And you might change your mind along the way. Oh, yes. And that's the other thing. That's okay. That's totally okay. And I loved when I was reading um, your, like, about the sports frat on your website, I, I think you mentioned in there like that you have done a bunch of different things like you've had a bunch of different jobs but like that's where that's what led you to where you are today and it's the same thing for me I have had so many different jobs like just different odds and ends here and there since graduating same. but like without all those experiences we wouldn't be where we are today right could not agree more I had a I was working for MTV like I was in the company and mm-hmm. I was like applying for it, a promotion essentially that I was like recommended for by my boss like an HR still sat me down and was like you have a very unconventional resume and it was like in a bad way and I was like I know but like also it's like they like recommended me so I got mm-hmm. like I don't get what's going on here but they were it, they, like it bothered traditional HR people that I wasn't like I picked a job and I stayed with it and like went through that I would like jump around and try new things and take a better opportunity or move to North Carolina if I needed mm-hmm. to for the job or move to New York it really um was not a popular decision mm-hmm. but now with where I'm at people are like they, now the phrase, instead of saying you have an unconventional resume, is like, oh, you've done really cool things. I'm like, right. oh, that's interesting how that, you know, has changed mm-hmm. now that I've, like, had any kind of, like, success with stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's you just got to keep it, keep keep to yourself and keep on your own path because oh, people yeah. are going to have their own opinions. Oh, 100%. But yeah. I think, I mean, the more experiences you have, the more well-rounded you are. And I think um, we've been so conditioned to think, like, we have to go to school, get an education, mm-hmm. like graduate, do this and like be in this job for 10 years before we can do anything else. And I mean, ultimately, like that's not how you're going to grow, right? Like if you stay in the same job for 10 years, how are you going to grow? <laughs> yeah, no, it's really, really hard. And if and if there is a job path that does allow you to continue to grow, like I don't know, maybe if you're with a startup or something or you're in a company where you're able to do new projects and it works for you, like awesome. But if it's not, have the balls to say it's not right <laughs> right it's hard it's so hard to look true. in the mirror and be like oh okay I've got to make a decision and like this is on me but it's your life right you gotta do it yep and it, I mean it goes with what we talked about earlier with you and um like quitting the soccer team like if they yeah. really are supportive of you and if they're a good support system they will be more appreciative of you um stepping back if your heart is oh, not 100 yeah. in it and I, I've learned 100%. that with any job I've ever had I'm like you know what my heart's not in it this is like I feel like it's really calling to me. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. So happy for you. And I'm like, oh, what was I working myself up over for, you know, thinking no, that it's, this is going to, they're going to yell at me for leaving. But no. No. People are really supportive, especially they yes. can see it in you. They can like read your passion if you're really like excited or passionate. I mean, my dad, when I told my dad I was going to start a blog, he was like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> a what? Uh, a what? And I was like, you know, it's fine. Like, I'm going to make, he's like, how are you going to make money? I was like, well, like sponsorships and like what? And he's like, Okay, that's mm-hmm. cute. And, like, it. by the way, I've been doing it for five years. And, like, 
was very hard to make money until mm-hmm. like just recently, you know, in the last yes. couple of years, was it easier to monetize? So I had to literally for three years go home for the holidays and everyone's like, how's that like sports brat thing? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's good. And they're just like not buying into it, not really believing in it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. You have whatever, what is that? And then all of a sudden you gain more followers or you start to do things that they see as real currency. And it was like, all of a sudden, my dad got on Instagram, so you can be like, look what my daughter's doing. And it's like, oh, funny how your tune changed, dad. So right. also, like, if people do, you know, question it, it's, uh, you got to follow your heart and your own yes. kind of gut on stuff, too, because not everyone knows. No one has all the answers. Right. I love no that. No one knows. You have to follow your heart, no matter what other people say, because, you know, like, your friends and family, they're all looking out mm-hmm. for you. Like, they're all... Um, they're it's coming from a place of good but you know totally you have to sometimes it'll be more discouraging than it is encouraging so you just have to keep yeah. going with it and things take time you have to have patience and like you said I mean shoot I like not to bring up Gary V but he I listen oh, to him all the time because he's like I yes love him. because he's like I'm 40 and yes I have what I have now but he's like I didn't have it when I was 25 so like no. you guys need to stop thinking that when I was 25 I had all this stuff like stuff takes years to finally like get to where you want to be <laughs> I was like so guilty of like the Mark Zuckerberg um, thing of thinking that you can like start something right. and like be a billionaire overnight and I read yeah I read shoe dog which was Phil Knight's book and Phil Knight was somebody I really looked up to as like a business person just like kind of casually knowing his story I didn't know it in depth and I like obviously love Nike uh but I so I read it and it was literally like decades were spanning like it started in like the 60s and it was like he couldn't turn a profit like almost had to shut down was like begging people for credit lines and it's like like the struggle was so real like not for a year for like decades and then finally it started to like go and you're like at that point I thought okay like I need to just like it's not all in my time and be a little bit more patient with it because with business we often think like Oh, I'm going to launch this overnight. It just, it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. I know. But just yeah, like so let's talk about that because I want to know how you went from working for ESPN, MTV, all the yep. things, and you went to launching Sports Rat, like yeah. how you went from, because I don't know if you started it on the side and then ended up going full time. And then like, I think, I mean, I, I look at you now and I'm like, I just love it because I feel like I see you. Um, you know, I think you get a lot of like sponsorships and brands to work with and it's so great, but I know, I know because I'm in the industry too, it yeah. didn't, it didn't start out like that. So run no. us through no. like the timeline of the sports rat and how that all happened. Gosh, it is, it's so funny because I look back at things that I thought would like change my career. Like I did an MLB network appearance, which is like an international show. It was mm-hmm. live television. It was like massive. And I was like, I'm this is it. famous. Like, <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm going to need an agent, you know, like, here we go. And like nothing happened. Right. Oh, except for one girl like wrote about how much she hated me, like 75 blog posts about how I'm dumbing down sports for women. And I was like, it was, I was talking about ballpark food, but okay. Okay. Um, So that's what came out of it. I was like, so I was wrong. So like I I got on like to know it, like reward style. And I was like, I'm going to be a millionaire. And then I learned that my Mm -hmm. audience is really there to kind of hang out. Like these are tailgaters who want to hang out on game day. They're not like, they're not going to go shop on game day. They want to eat and drink and hang out. And I've like learned that about my community. So the timeline is interesting because I started it um, while I was still, you know, working full time as like a hobby because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, quite frankly, and where it was going to go. And then I had, I actually had other businesses that I was a part of all up until the last like two and a half years, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I always kind of had something else I was doing. So I, there were times I was like giving it my full attention, times I wasn't. Times I was more into it, like football season was always easier to create content. Mm -hmm. Times that I wasn't. Um, I've hired publicists like three times thinking that they would... Because I had seen what they'd done with other people, but it was like those were um, people that were on like The Bachelor or whatever, right. like, had some kind of celebrity. And I kept thinking like, oh, I'm going to get in there and do that too. Or these were like pioneers in the blogging space, like the Skinny Confidential. I mean, she was like one of the first people there mm-hmm. um, that could pioneered it. So like, of course, she had, you know, different reactions and different levels of success. So anyways, I was like doing all these things to try to hurry it along to make money. And I finally kind of like let go and just started sharing more of like what was me about two years ago. Yeah, probably two years ago. Um, And I just kind of was like, let's just like see what happens. Like took the hands off the wheel a little bit. We're like, let's just see. Let's just create good content and network and see. And I I had moved to Dallas. There's a really strong blogger scene here. And sure enough, like it just things kind of kept like happening that way. And then I would get, you know, more and more followers and I would kind of just interact and meet different people. And it kind of just started to snowball. And then it was like more consistent. And I looked at my numbers from last year's sponsorships and full disclosure, I never reach out to anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm like the worst. Um, like you're supposed to be pitching brands and you're supposed to be like getting out there and doing this. And I just, um, I was so, I was more focused on content because that's the create, I love the creative right. part <laughs> rather than like the business. Same. So I'm, I'm not like, I sh- pitching myself I'm, either. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I like need sales. a business partner. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. I'm like a content creator, marketer, like not sales. <laughs> I just want to sit and podcast all day and talk to people and like hang out and like yeah. Instagram story. Like I don't want to have to do like the business and say like, no, let's negotiate prices right. or this. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> So I'm the worst, but anyways, I did well like the last couple football seasons. And so for me, that's when it kind of got really more real. But I realized from football season one to the next that like, okay, summer's a little slow. You might only have like three or four partners. I've also made mistakes of taking partners because they were paying me good money mm-hmm. and maybe I didn't test the product for long enough. So now I'm like kind of in a place where I need to say no to some brands and it's hard to say no when they want to pay you money. Mm-hmm. But you, it, but it's, but for me, it's not, if, if it's not aligning, that's, it's not adding up for me. So I'm like having to be more selective, but like I got an email from pizza hut today and I was like, heck yes. Like yes. that is something I believe in. Yes. I can get behind <laughs> that. Like let's do it. So I'm, I'm hoping to manifest like real, yes. like better, and stronger ones because I think that there are so many brands who now recognize this influencer space as like mm-hmm. where you need to be to sell product. But um, there's so many people trying to make it that so many of us are like, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll share. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I would way rather, I, I hate to say this, but like not, not have as much money coming in if to make sure that the, it's actually something really, really good that everyone will really trust me on. Yes, 100%. Which is hard. And I think um, that's, something that bloggers and influencers learn like I know the word authenticity gets thrown around these yeah. days but it's so true like it's so you know, true. having to stay authentic to your brand and who you are and like I you've learned that I have learned that the hard way mm-hmm. and sometimes you do have to turn down deals that you know yeah, they'll hard. pay you money but I think too like even for these girls our listeners I mean it's the same thing in life too I instead of I don't know, going with the flow and going with the crowd. You got to stay authentic to who you really mm-hmm. are. Um, and that, will, in the end, will get you further than everyone else, right? <laughs> if I could have listened to my gut, like gotten out of my head and like truly listened to my gut, even if it wasn't the popular decision or whatever, like way back then when it came to like dating, like yeah. jobs, <laughs> like life, like anything, money, 
whatever it was, like, I would literally have had, like, a way easier mm-hmm. 20s. Like, my yeah. 20s were a little brutal because I kept be- trying to be a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I'm still fighting that. Yes. But it's really hard to just, like, be true to, like, to know, to really le- be quiet and learn who you are and then follow that is, like, the real art. And then, mm-hmm. I like you said, then you'll be, like, light years ahead of everybody yes. else. Normally, you have to be patient with nutrition. But Pod's Nutrition saves you time without sacrificing quality. Pods makes nutrition attainable by revolutionizing the way it's delivered. You just drop, shake, and drink. Use code PLAG15 at checkout for 15% off and find your time. And it sounds like you said the word manifest. And when you said that word, I was like, oh, ah. Um, I love it. I, like, we talked about this actually in the podcast that's coming out. So podcast four. So this is going to be podcast number five. But um, talking about manifesting what you want. And I think if these young girls learn that now, they're going to be so much further ahead in life than you and I are right now, which is so amazing because you like just look up how to manifest, look up how to do a manifestation because it's going to get you so far in life. Like when you write things out, read it every day, see it, believe it, feel it. Like, oh, it's just, it, it's the most amazing thing in the entire world. (laughs) I have like the funniest, like off of like a business topic, but on a personal topic, because I always wanted to find my best friend and someone to get married to, but like, yes, I had a very troubled time finding that. Like, was not making wise choices. Mm-hmm. Like, was toxic myself in relationships. Like, I, I attracted toxic people. It was just, like, not good. Not all of them, if anyone yeah. tunes into your podcast. <laughs> not all of them, but some of them. But I – so I created a vision board, mostly because I was, like, in a place of feeling lost. Because mm-hmm. it, I felt lost more than I felt, like, like more than I knew where I was for the last, like, 15 years, I would say. Um, that was just more of, like, a comment. So I started doing vision board. So on my vision board, and I would add to it or, like, kind of tweak it if I needed to, but I never, like, just made a new one. I would keep adding to it. So I, for some materialistic reason, have only ever wanted a Range Rover in my life. Like, (laughs) my dream car, it's all I've ever wanted. So while I'm vision boarding, I'm, like, putting on things like writer, publish a book, you know, um, strong relationships, like, love, like, family, travel. Like, all these things are important to me and, like, things that I want to do career in and life, like, peace, mindfulness, mm-hmm. gratitude, all the happy things. And then I was like, Range Rover. So <laughs> yeah, true story. So flash forward two years, I um, get into a car accident and I take my car to the dealership. My, I was fine. The mm-hmm. woman just happened to bend it perfectly and total my car oh. and I had to buy a new, I had to buy a new car. And this was at the Range Rover dealership. I was at and I was in there and in walks my now fiance to sell me my car. So I literally thought that I was manifesting a Range Rover, the, like the actual car, but somewhere in my body, somewhere in the universe knew that like Range Rover was going to be like a big piece of my life. Isn't that so weird? Stop. That yes, literally so, like, I know right now. Oh, I my like gosh. I have my. I can show you. I I don't. I don't know if it's still on there, but literally, and I'm like, that is so not what I expected when I put that on my vision board. But like, talk about manifestation is like it will literally bring you because I had all the other things on there too of like what I wanted my life to be, yep. and it was like this is how it fits, and this is the person that's gonna be your teammate mm-hmm. during it. So crazy. Oh it's such God. a real deal, holy field thing. Oh, yeah. I love that story. Oh Isn't that crazy? my gosh. Wow. I, don't I even, know. I don't it's... even like have any words. I'm speechless. No, but Nikki, now I like keep peeking at it being like, 
what's next? Like, yeah. what else is on here? Like, right. that's going to surprise like, me and like come Lord, next. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, what else do I have on there? Like, am I going to, you know, I don't even know like how things can manifest from there now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. That's so great. Oh my it's gosh. Fun. That's so cool. So wait, did you end up getting a Range Rover too? Did you get the Range Rover um, and the man? <laughs> so here's the thing is I got a Land Rover because oh. of budgeting. I am still climbing to where I want to yes. be, right? But once we were in a committed relationship, they get killer employee deals. So I actually got my dream car for like, Ooh. it should be illegal for what I got it for. I was like, uh, are you sure this is it? Like I got money back. Like it was crazy. Oh my gosh. So there are, there are some perks to his very long hours yes. and car salesman days. But, um, so yeah, I did eventually get it, but oh more, most I love that. The guy. So you got the Land Rover, but you got the guy yeah. and eventually you got the Range Rover too. And eventually <laughs> got the Range Rover. Yeah. And now I get my car, like he, I'm like, it's go fix it. It's broken. Help me. You know, I got to want to deal with it and he gets to go deal with it. So there are some serious perks because I was like, oh, he's a car salesman. And then I'm like, oh, that's not a bad thing to have to worry about your car. Oh my gosh. I... No one likes a broken down car. Oh my gosh, this is just too funny. I love that story. But um, talk about yeah. because you just got engaged, Missy. I know. So I know. talk about the story of you guys getting engaged. I think, I mean, I I love your like, your, you know, meat story. So tell us about. I, I know. Yeah. Tell us about your so man. So <laughs> I will tell you that along this journey of my career and ha putting yourself out there and this whole authenticity and what we've kind of chosen to do in this space, mm -hmm. um, I've had to really... I haven't had to, I've chosen to share any and all pieces of me. I created like a fumbles, um, section on the site so I can be like, I love that by the way, ah, <laughs> these are my mistakes. This is all my shame. Cause if you, sh if you share it, it's like, you realize a, so many people can relate to you and connect and you're not alone. Right. Um, it just keeps me honest and like kind of like authentic and, and all that jazz too. So my point in telling you that is like, I am very controlling. I am type <laughs> a, I'm 33. And so by this point I have lived on my own my whole life. I'm independent. I know what I like. I want it my way. That's just me. So God bless his heart. He deals with that <laughs> so well. And so I was like, all right, I want to pick the ring out together, which I hate surprises because I want to be in control, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to be giving the surprise party. I cannot be the recipient. So oh my gosh. we we started like talking about it in, you know, a few months ago and we kind of started to plan things and, and get that going. And then we realized we needed to have a ring. So we actually went and picked it out together. Um, but we had to have it like made. So you don't really know. There's still like an element of surprise. Right. You don't know how it's going to look at the end. So I was expecting it to be finished like somewhere in this time frame. Um, but he came, he asked me to go to dinner and he's like a very like no BS, just like salt of the earth guy, simple guy. And he's like, let's go on date night. And I was like, okay. And then I'm like, or we could just like stay in and order pizza. And he was like, no, I like really want to go. And I was like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> like that's weird for you. And then he was like, we'll just have a light dinner. Also weird. I was like, when we go out, like we're going to eat. So yeah, that what's no going such on thing as a light dinner. <laughs> so I was like, you have my ring, don't you? And he was like, you're a psychopath. No, I don't like just relax. Like let's go have a drink, whatever. And I was like, Okay, so we got home and I was kind of like looking and we've both been, you know, our summer bods have not been our priority. So he like put on his jeans and they were tight and he's like, look how tight they are. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, he really doesn't have a ring in there. Like he's oh. not, I, th I thought he was going to. So we go downstairs to go get the Uber and we were like by our guest room at the bottom of the stairs and he like went in there to see the cat because bless her heart, she's such a good sport. She like went in there. So then he like turned around and I was kind of being like bratty because I just didn't want to go on the date. And he was like, I was just wondering if you could change your attitude and to be my fiance. And I was like, oh. No. 
So that's, he got it on an E and did that. And then of course I was like, I knew it. Cause I was like so competitive. Right. Yes. So I was like, I was right. And he's like, I'm proposing to you. And it, I mean, <laughs> it just wouldn't be any other way. Like if we had like a romantic, like rose petal story, like people would be like, that doesn't fit you guys. So it was just so us. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh my goodness. And then I've just been like in the best mood ever since. So it was oh, really a nice investment on his it. part. He's like, you haven't been <laughs> nagging me near as much. I'm like, I know. I know. I'm like, this is it's like happens. a constant reminder. I'm like, oh I can't God. be mad at you. I, love I know. It. What was what was your story? Or have you already shared it on the podcast? No, actually, I don't think I've shared it on the podcast yet. Um, ours was a little more romantic. Um, but that's like how it should like, be. Well, he had this whole plan. No, here's the thing. We had been dating five years. I was like, it's never going to happen. He's never going <laughs> to propose. We're going to be like, you know, 75 and never gotten married. Like, whatever. So then, um, actually, our video producer, Michelle, she was the one who was out there filming the whole thing, which is so cool. Um, oh, but yeah, I so wish he, I had that. Yeah. So he totally tricked me. Um, she, Michelle told me, like, hey, I need to get more shots for or of you for, like, this golf video she was putting together for me. She's yeah. like, oh, also, the boys have... Um, or, like, my brother has a free round, so let's, like, I'll go play with the boys, I'll record you, and we'll do a fun video of you beating the boys. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, content piece, yeah, let's do it. Yes. I was like, how fun will that be? So we go out, we play, we play all 18 holes, well, 17. So we play, like, 17 holes, we get to the 18th, and, like, I have no idea. Like, I'm, I am so gullible, so stupid. <laughs> and Me so, too, I believe anything. Yes, and so he, we all hit a shot, actually, on the 18th tee, and then he wants to re-hit. And I'm like, oh, he must have hit a bad shot because I wasn't really paying attention. And then he's asked me, he's like, hey, can you come in, like, look? Um, he was like, I think I'm doing something with my swing. Can you come look? So I went up kind of behind him. He's like, no, over here, which is weird. And I'm like, why is he, like, why is he having me look at the front of yeah. his swing, like, not from behind? Yeah. So anyway, so I go and I'm like, what are you doing with your hands? Because he's doing some weird thing. <laughs> and he, as I reach for his hands, he grabs mine, like, drops his club, swats my club away. And I'm like... I just don't even what's know what's happening. happening. Yeah. And then I see like everyone's looking at us and recording on their phones. Michelle has her camera out. And I'm like, okay. And I, this yeah. is happening. And I straight up in the video, I'm like, if this is a joke, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, this is not a joke. And I was like, this is actually happening. So, and he then, he had like the, he had a great speech. What he said was so beautiful. And um, oh. yeah, it's like, yeah, it's on my YouTube channel. We have um, a whole video of it. And Michelle made an amazing video. Um, yeah. And so he then, yeah, popped down, asked the question. And then when we got down to the bottom of the hill where the green was all, both of our families were waiting, oh. which was so cool. So <laughs> it was so sweet. Yeah. And it, it's so funny though. Cause I was like, he will never be able to surprise me. Like I always know when something's mm -hmm. up and I had no clue, no idea no clue. whatsoever. Did, yeah. um, did, so did he do the ring all by himself? Yes. He did it all by I himself. I am so impressed by people like that. Yeah. I, I was pretty shocked. I mean, not shocked because he's actually has been really good at, about picking out jewelry for me. Um, he's only gotten uh, okay. me like a few pieces, like probably like once a year and they're all good. I'm like, how do you know? Like, and I don't even, I don't even know where he like, I don't know if he looks at my Pinterest board or what, but I'm like, I don't know yeah. how he figures out what I like. Um, but yeah, the ring, I, he looked at my Pinterest board. Apparently he's been saving everything I've ever sent him. Little, yeah, little did I know. So <laughs> that's so yeah. cute though. Yeah. I know. Cause Baptiste was like, um, so when I give you the ring, like that's when we're legally married. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, like, that's a proposal. And then there's a wedding band and he's like, mm -hmm. there's two. And I was like, you need help. You need a lot of help. Oh no. 
We need a lot of help. Yeah, he was clueless. So this is why I'm like, I am a control freak. <laughs> I'm like, this is why we work because, uh, but he's the same. Like, if we would have never like had to start talking about it, like I'm fairly certain it would have never happened because he would just yeah. like procrastinate till like the right. end of time. So yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. And you, were, it's coming so soon. Mm -hmm. And you guys too. I know we're both getting married well, in October. I know, but mine's just insane, but I'm eloping. But yeah, but yours is like an actual so proper. Cool. How many people are coming? Um, we're going to have probably about 150, 160. Oh, that's nice. That's mm -hmm. like a great size, right? Because then you can like talk to everybody, but like yeah. still have fun and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. We're we excited. Have... Very excited. Oh, but so I love, fun. yeah, I mean, shoot, for any of these girls listening, it's all about manifesting because <sighs> I swear to you, like, and it's funny, I honestly, like... It just, things just get, I don't know, things are, things work in mysterious ways, but, um, yeah. You the gotta, most mysterious. Yes. But you got to manifest like a guy that like treats you right and, you know, does all the good things, not oh. a boy that treats you like absolute crap, which there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> and I can tell you another little story about manifestation and like giving it up to God or the universe or whoever you want to believe in. Mm -hmm. I wrote a letter to God asking for all the things. I wanted him to be like 6'4", like athletic, <laughs> and like all these things, like all the things, like a hundred things I wanted. There were good qualities in there mm -hmm. too, you know, of like them on, on the character on the inside or whatever. But I was like so specific. After my last breakup, I was like, clearly I should not be the one choosing this. And right. I literally tore, I tore it up and I wrote, dear God. And again, it could be the universe, it could be whatever you believe in. And I wrote... I clearly can't make this decision, so I just trust whoever you whoever you want to send to me whenever you're ready. Yep. Four, four months later, I met my fiance. Oh my god! I swear, it's like you just gotta you have to just say you have to know yourself enough and like love yourself enough to know your worth and to know mm -hmm. how you should be treated and like what's good works for you, and then to just put like like you said manifest it like okay I don't know when it's gonna come but I want someone who's gonna treat me uh, we're gonna laugh every day or where he's mm -hmm. gonna be respectful and we're gonna have good work ethic whatever the things are that you want that's gonna kind of fit with your vibe and then just trust that that's what you're, it's gonna be brought to you right. and then when you have it hold on to it and yes water it like a plant and yes. keep it going <laughs> yep it's so true and I think it works for anything yeah. like whatever you totally. want whatever you desire in life it helps so much to write it. And I know it's like, it sounds so cliche, but write it down, read it every day, like see it, feel it, believe it. And like, oh, yeah. because the more and more you, you read it and you um, write it down, the more and more subconsciously you will work towards those goals, like getting to that, whatever it is that you want, right? Do you write it or do you type it? Because I physically write it because I oh, found yeah. that when I, I type, I'm just like, I'm like disconnected. Like I'm like typing isn't enough. Like yeah. I have to write it. Yeah. And I'm like, even if my yeah. writing looks like chicken scratch because it's you not You can't like, read it, but we, it's fine. I, I mean, in school you do, but like not any, I don't write things anymore these days. But mm -hmm. like, yeah, even if it's chicken scratch, I don't care. I physically write it out. Yeah. I literally have a notebook like right here on my desk yes. that I come in. And like, even at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't feel like journaling. And I'm like, I'll just write down like bullet points if right. I need to. Mm -hmm. Like, am I closer to my goals? Am I not? What's yep. going on? Just yes. A couple things. Like what worked today? What didn't work today? What do I got to totally. do tomorrow? Totally. <laughs> because even looking back at like your career and like those things, like I, those times I thought that things were going to like launch me forward. It was like silly that it wasn't those things. It was like a partnership out of nowhere that right. ended up being like my most lucrative or mm -hmm. the best partner that's helped to help me gain fault. You know, like things you didn't really realize. Mm -hmm. So it helps me to write those down. Like I'm feeling frustrated. Then I kind of almost... This is so weird, but when you feel like you're most frustrated or things are like most going against you, I almost like feel the most hope in those because I know something's going to change. Totally. Like that, those are the moments when you're like, it's coming. 
It's coming. Yeah. Just oh, stick it out. It's coming. Yeah. It's, yeah. Be- it's almost like when everything's like great, you're like, this can't last forever. But those moments when you're like, uh-oh, it's like, oh, something, something good's around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Something good's yeah. around the corner. I love that. Those are the best. Let's yeah. um, jump back to, because I mentioned before, like, I think you're so good at um, finding sponsorships, finding partnerships. Um, and I know I'm sure a lot of our uh, listeners are interested in blogging, podcasting, yeah. influencing, whatever it may be, especially in sports. So mm-hmm. what would be your biggest piece of advice for them? To just start. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's the, biggest, that's the biggest thing I get, I think, is people will say like, oh, well, you have this, as if I like woke up and it just was there. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, I was like, this started in 2000 and what? 10 when I was in business school that mm-hmm. I like started laying the foundation for the website that I wanted and it, and it changed and it evolved and it morphed and this and that and like you just have to really start it because I think once you start it and you even if your plan changes like you have a trajectory and then you'll know okay a- along that path I need to network with these people or I need mm-hmm. to focus on this kind of content creation I think the podcast in video space is where it's at right now mm-hmm. and so if that's but, but I also heard really good advice from Lauren from the Skinny Confidential that mm-hmm. you just have to go with your what your like first love is. If your first right. love is writing, then blog. Blog. Like do the writing part. If your first love is photography, focus on photos on Instagram and that stuff. If you love like talking and, and video, then do video, do the podcasting if that's your first love. But like if you can do one of those really, really, really well, then like the others will fall into place where you can add to your team of people to help you to execute on the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I think it's just, that. yeah, just starting start. and then just like, start. It, just start <laughs> just and then, do and, it. <laughs> and people will literally think about the name, like, okay, I don't know what to name it. And I'm like, call it whatever the hell you want rebrand it tomorrow if you need to, like, right. just start and don't overthink mm-hmm. it. Like it's you and it's your brand. And if you need to change it, like, like I rebranded the podcast to just, just because yep. it didn't serve me to do, um, just game day anymore. I thought I want to talk to like a lot of people. So we still do some sports stuff, but that way it opened it up for me and, no one's like it exactly. in fact it's been doing better it's not like mm-hmm. i had to just like i ruined everything because i picked the wrong name from the start you know it's right? fine exactly and i think that's so true like just find something that sticks find figure out what you are most passionate about and as far as the name just something that sticks because at the end of the day yeah all names out there are taken today there you unless you like make up your own word I yeah. mean, you know, so you just got to go with it. Just do it. Start. You can rebrand later if you want. Like totally. you said, you just got to do totally. it. And I think like the other thing that is so interesting to me, especially with like the younger generation is, um, they're like, it's so easy now. And I don't mean this like to say that it's like, you know, that easy, but there's creative market, there's Squarespace. There are places that you can literally go on and build a website on GoDaddy in 20 minutes with like yes. dragging and dropping, <laughs> Im- dropping images. I had to hire, I had to scrape my money for my paychecks to pay somebody to develop a website because I didn't code. Yeah. Now you can go on coding. YouTube. <laughs> now you can go on YouTube and learn how to do it. So I'm yes. like, there are so many things at your fingertips. There is Instagram, but to think, um, but so like definitely take advantage and don't just like sit there on it either. Right. Like just do it and then yes. and then see what happens. I know. So really like taking something, using it positively instead of negatively. And I know, mm-hmm. I mean, social media is such a I feel like it's a double-edged sword today. Oh, but luckily, yeah. Right. And luckily for us, we didn't really have to deal with social media growing up in high school and college, mm-hmm. luckily, but like our listeners do. Um, mm-hmm. And we, the thing is, we still deal with it, um, you know, so we know, I mean, like I've learned how to deal with negativity on social media mm-hmm. and I've learned, I've had to learn how to use it positively and for good sure. versus 
versus not. So what's your best advice um, to our listeners for using social media in a positive light and um, yeah. dealing with negativity that may be thrown their way? Gosh, it's so hard and I never forget. My mom was a teacher growing up, a second grade teacher. So she'd always say like, I have to say like 10 nice things for every one mean thing mm-hmm. to a kid. Not that she would say mean things, but like you did this wrong. That's like mm-hmm. a negative thing to a child. So like it really just goes to show how much more weight negativity has on us as humans. Mm-hmm. So um, I would be lying to you if I told you I didn't like lose sleep and I wasn't really upset when that girl did all those blogs. Mm-hmm. So I will tell you that three years went by and she wrote me an email. Uh, like three years, she's still mad at me for apparently talking about game day and she wrote me it took the time to write me an email and tell me that the site looked beautiful but that I am um gosh I think it was sexist and I think she even said I was racist because I can't remember how she drew that comparison but it was like something that I followed somebody on Instagram who was um a conservative politically but like I followed them for like a different I think they're like a cute dog or something but neither here nor there <laughs> like so she like drew the parallel and so it bothered me like it, it stung because like, no one likes to feel like anyone doesn't like them mm-hmm. and I thought okay what do I, I what are my options here I can like be pissed I can write her an email explaining my political stance my like social state whatever and I was like all right so I sent her a $20 Starbucks card because I you can send them via email and I've decided I heard someone say it was Rachel Hollis she did girl wash your face that mm-hmm. if you see someone yeah if you see someone um like do better than you and you're kind of jealous or you someone says something negative she's like if you pray for their success even more success for them more happiness for them like it's a really weird what it does to your psyche and it really does like release you of the negativity of them like it puts you in a perspective of like uh this is a them problem and not a me problem and it's okay so yeah i said she never said anything back she used it because you can tell when they open it but um and I just was like, thank you for taking the time to, you know, share your opinion. Mm-hmm. I want it because we, you, I want, I think it's important that it's just, uh, people can share their opinions, but when it's negative and it's mean, and then I think I've just learned that that's just a them problem. It feels like right. it's a you, but when someone's that upset, they've got so much going on in their life that can't even compare to whatever they're mm-hmm. saying about you that you've got to learn. I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to brush it off and like never have it affect me, but I've learned to at least say like, that's them and not me and to combat it with love because if you say like I love you back to somebody like that that it's like that it's they stop right away because they don't yeah it's it's shocking so I think that's my thing is to look at it from that perspective it's so true and um it's funny my dad would all when I when I started getting into you know blogging and influencing Mm -hmm. and all of that into this whole space he told me because you know there's times where I have to deal with negativity um and he says he's like he says Nicolette he's like if someone says something mean or bad or hurtful to you it's because they're jealous and I'm like mm-hmm. it's so true because and then I think about it for me I'm like if I um you know think negatively about someone or get upset about something they're doing I'm like mm-hmm. it's because I'm jealous and it's it's yeah. really like if someone says something negative to you or something rude or whatever um you have to realize like you said it's not a me problem it's a them problem mm-hmm. but you have to also come back to them with grace and love. And I think that's the biggest thing because like you said, if you come, like if you were to, you know, email her back with, um, you know, a scathing email back, then she was just, it would just be a a battle, right? But if you come back to them and you honestly kill them with kindness, it's so hard for them to say anything rude again to you. If you, you know, if you like say something nice back, it's just so hard for them to continue being 
that mean, a hundred evil person. A hundred percent. And anybody who's like younger, I will tell you, there is not a word or a thought I did not share in my twenties. I had a very like loud mouth and a temper and I would, I would, I would fire back. I would engage. I would fight to the death on what I believed in. And I was super, and it got me into a lot of trouble. And also I didn't sleep all at night. Right. So even in this situation, like now I've realized that like when you do come back with grace, it's, it releases you and you sleep perfectly well mm-hmm. because you handled yourself with dignity. You handled, you handled yourself with grace, no matter how much you wanted to fire back and say like, Oh, you're mean or whatever. And like mm-hmm. sustain that for yourself. It really, um, it, it gives you such a sense of peace that I would yes. never, ever give up. So that is like, even like, no matter what, if you can like go for a walk and like stop before you react and think, just like give back with grace and like to go back with them and truly kill them with kindness. You get so much more from that too. It's totally. shocking. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think it's so true. Just like what it does to you. And like you said, your psyche and like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, yeah, you sleep better at night. You don't worry you about it. You feel better. And cause if well, you, if you engage, I feel like that's when you get fired up and you like are hurt about it. But I've noticed that when I like kill them with kindness back, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even think twice about it. And then I'm like, yeah. Oh, I totally forgot that person said that. That's so funny. Be- <laughs> exactly. And I even think about it. So I was going through like a period of like depression I was really sad and someone said like just start doing random acts of kindness for people just mm-hmm. to get out of your own head and out of your own thing and I would do that like I'd buy someone Starbucks or you like secret you know you can do that with the person behind you in line or whatever right. and mm-hmm. I like started doing that those kinds of things and it's like that same feeling of like wow like that felt really good or like complimenting somebody mm-hmm. hey I really like your shirt you know like you beautiful hair it's like they light up and they and that, that makes you feel better it's literally the same thing in the situation yes. if someone's being negative it's like you're just kind of pouring out this kindness and then you shine brighter and you feel better. Right. Cause you don't yeah. know what they're going through, you know, even no, though they say something no. mean, like they could be going through some stuff that you have no oh. idea. And if you say something nice back it, you, I mean, you could change their whole day, their whole week, their whole year, whatever it may be. So we, yeah. I've heard those stories too. Like celebrities have like responded back nicely. And then the personal open up of like, my husband just left me or whatever. And it's like, Oh gosh, like they're, yeah. Trust me, when someone's hysterical or upset or like that angry about something, they've got stuff going on and it's better for us to just send them love because we, I think we're learning with everything going on and how fast this world's going. Like we're all dealing with a lot on any given day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Oh, well, this was such great advice. I absolutely love this. Um, To finish off, I want to ask you, this is what I'm asking all of our guests. What advice would you give to your younger self? Oh. God, if you, I, if you I, were looking at Jess, 16 year old Jess, what would you tell 18 year old Jess? What would you tell her? Oh my God. I would hug her so tight. <laughs> and I would say, girl, take a deep breath because it all works out. Mm-hmm. Like I would truly just say, keep a smile on your face. Just keep going. Be the best person you can be because it really does all work out and you don't have to control all of this. If you just show up every single day, you do a little every single day, like you'll get where you want to go. Like the world takes care of you in that way. And, um, no matter what your circumstances are, like it just takes time and kind of chipping away at stuff. But I used to get so, um, overwhelmed and so hard on myself and so anxious that I'm not going to, you know, amount to anything or I'm not going to, you know, meet my goals or be able to take care of myself or I'm never going to meet the right person or whatever it might be failure. You know, Oh my gosh, it was, I was so hard on myself. So I would just say like, take a deep breath. Like you're, everything will be okay. You know, it really will. And by the way, I still should give that advice to myself. Like there are days where I'm worked up about the next thing and I'm like, (laughs) okay, I got to give my advice. What, What have you learned? You've learned that like, even if you fall, and I love this um, equation someone gave me, or uh, analogy or whatever you want to say, 
um, of a bouncy ball. So every time I felt like I'd hit rock bottom, I'd been, I'd lost a job or I uh, started a company and failed or I'd gone through a breakup or whatever. And I felt like I was hitting rock bottom. Someone would say, look, you're a bouncy ball. So the lower you get dropped, the higher you're going to bounce back up. Mm -hmm. And that would always get me up the next day of like, you're going to bounce back up. And I've bounced back enough now, but like at 18, you haven't bounced. Some people haven't bounced back enough yet right. to know that you're going to continue. You're going to continue to bounce back and mm -hmm. you're going to get knocked down again. And it's all these cliches, but they really are true. And just get to know yourself, be kind to yourself because, um, that's the best and most strongest relationship you're going to have to foster first. And then everything else kind of falls into place and hard work goes a long way. <laughs> Nobody wants to work hard anymore. So if yes. you can work hard, you are going to be successful yes. just keep at it. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I don't know what out of that, all of that we're going to cheers for your quote. I mean, that was so much goodness. Oh, oh, I absolutely love it. Well, only because I was the girl that was out there making every single mistake so that hopefully everybody else doesn't have to. I need to like share this all in like one place. So I'm like, ah, oh, like before yes. you do that, read this chapter, your you know, like be a section. Oh. Just make a whole book on your fumble section. That's your new book. That's my, that's my, I think that's my 2019 passion project. That's what I'm kind of feeling right now of like, I got to share these little nuggets yeah. because they're, I mean, I hit rock bottom more than I would like right. to admit. And if you can so. one person, I mean, then you've done Yes. <laughs> that's all I want to do. Or yes. even just make someone laugh at this point. Cause some of the stories were downright right. silly. <laughs> they're not happening to you. They were funny, you know? Yeah. I love it. Okay. So, yeah, so where can everyone find you? Give us all the things. Things, all the handles <laughs> all the things it's at the sports brat on all the social medias and um it is the sports brat.com um, I also linked it as sportsbrat.com in case you just can't type the the. That was a, I had to go buy that domain. Um, and oh then you, I know, and then you can find me at Just Jess is the name of the podcast. And that goes out on Thursday nights on um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome. I love yeah. it. Oh, so and cool. that's it. Well, good. Thank you so much for no, joining thank us you. today. I think you gave, oh my gosh, so much good advice to our oh, listeners well, and so many good stories, so many manifestations. <laughs> um, so yes, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You are so welcome. I'm in my thirties. It's the least I can do is like share my nuggets that I picked up along the way. Love it. Thank you, Jess. All right. Bye. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely loved my conversation with Jess from The Sports Brat. She gave us such amazing insight on following your heart, no matter what anyone else says. I hope you enjoyed listening to Jess as much as I did. Make sure you share this episode with a friend who you think will enjoy this podcast. I would love to hear your feedback and thoughts on this episode, so head to iTunes to leave us a review. You can also send any questions or topics you'd like us to cover by sending us a DM on Instagram at playlikeagirlmp. We want to know what you want to hear. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us at playlikeagirlmp so we know you're listening alongside us. Thank you so much for listening to episode five of Play Like a Girl. We hope you come back for more. Once again, I'm Nikki B, and remember to never stop playing like a girl. You play ball like a girl! Yeah.